No, I haven't seen anything and I don't need to see anything, sir, but I can tell you. This shit is fucked. My name's Caesar. And I'm Jer. And uh, I am the film curmudgeon. I just really like watching movies. <laughs> he is the perpetually stoked film enthusiast. And this guy is hypercritical. I'm in the, a good way. I'm the film major. Um, but today we're going to be talking about Event Horizon. Uh, More importantly, we're going to be talking about Sam Neill, who is a national treasure, although he's not from here. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're since Halloween is coming up in the next month, we thought we would start featuring more uh, horror movies. Uh, I'm not a horror fan. Um, I'm a pretty big horror fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I developed it, but... But I love them now. I yeah. hated them when I was younger. And so we both made a list of stuff that he hasn't seen and that I haven't seen. Um, our last episode, if you saw or listened to it, which may or may not be impossible yet, maybe. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. It's on my Facebook. It is. We but. watched, we both challenged each other to find a horror movie the other person hadn't seen. So I had never seen The Blair Witch. And, uh,. Jared had me watch it with him, and then we both gave our impressions. And Jared, as the horror enthusiast, it was much harder for me to find a horror movie that he hadn't seen. But as a sci-fi fan, uh, Event Horizon was the movie that I uh, I had seen that he hadn't. So we watched that recently. Um, and coincidentally, we also watched some other movies with Sam Neill in them. Leave me alone. Uh, and uh, yeah. and that, that was kind a of a good uh, time. Yeah. Sam Neill, man. He's, what a range. That's the first thing I'm going to bring up. Is Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. <laughs> Ricky Baker. <laughs> Ricky Baker. Let's, we'll, um, save, we'll save that for the second <laughs> half. But. Yeah. But, I mean, just be... We watched both of those in the same weekend, right? Both these movies? Same week, yeah. So, that guy's range, though. Like, he went... I only really knew him from uh, Jurassic Park. Then we see him in Hunt for the Wilder People. And that's like the silliest movie I've ever seen. I love it. And then we jump directly into Event Horizon. Yeah. And it's like the most hardcore thing I've ever seen him do. Um, spoiler warning. Uh, I don't know if you haven't seen Event Horizon, let's let's give him the spoiler free right, version. Yeah. Uh, Event Horizon is a space horror movie that has uh, it takes place where a ship was invo- invented with uh, a fusion, not fusion drive, but some sort of like, a, it cha- channels the, oh shit. It channels the power of a black hole and uh, to travel between, uh, sp- faster than light. Um, but it disappeared and no one knows where it came, where it went. And what happened to it? But then it reappeared seventy or several years later, and um, the inventor of the ship is sent along with the team that investigates what happened. Um, yeah, and then yeah, and then it, freaky shit happens. It, real the, freaky shit. The ship is alive. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's a spoiler. I, I guess this movie came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So if you're like me, I mean, that's really not spoiling a lot. Yeah. Um, it gets way, there's a lot more to it than that. And it gets really almost like almost philosophical. Yeah. It, 
it gets pretty intense. So and I'll, I'll preface this by saying my, my favorite horror movie that I've ever seen was The Shining, and it's not it's not The Shining, it's not yeah. the Babadook. Um, it's not scary. I mean, it yeah, is. I mean, but it's like late '90s jump scare kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I, one thing that I look at in horror movies because I I recently got into them like maybe three years ago. It, it, I did not grow up liking them. Uh, but one thing that Event Horizon does, and one thing I look at in movies is um, whether or not they have jump sh- jump scares. Uh, there's no jump scares really in The Shining. Um, there's no real jump scares in The Babadook. Um, even... Well, I mean, hold on. There's some jump scares in The Babadook. No, there isn't. If you really watch the movie, it has it, it's almost entirely made of tension and release. But the scene where they're in the car, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I mean that's probably it though. I don't know. I've seen it once. You're um, the I mean even but even um, the Blair Witch. Yeah. There was there were no nope. real jump scares. No I, it was I mean the end kind of was a jump scare, but it wasn't. Um, at no point was did you get snapped with the rubber band. There was yeah. tension, and then they released it. There's tension. There you're like <gasps> something's gonna happen, and then you it lets off. Mm-hmm. And you're like oh, wow. So it really takes you on an emotional uh, roller coaster. Which really is the better way to do it. Yeah. So again, the but the the Event Horizon uses jump scares almost needlessly in some cases. Um, yeah, I feel like straight up there was one scene where um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is uh, investigating the ship by himself when he's one of the first people on, and mm-hmm. there's and he's like, "It's a tomb in here," which is, I mean, some the little, greatest cliche line. No, ever. This place is a tomb. That's, that's yeah, what he said. yeah, that's it. Um, but a hand appears right behind his head and he's like, oh, fuck! And he like, he And then it cuts out. to everybody on the comms so like, you don't know what's happening. Like, what's doing? happening? And it's a glove. It's just a glove floating in zero gravity because... Because um, space. Yeah, because artificial gravity systems are gone. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah. I, I guess at this point we want to start... Or what were your first... Or My first... Spoiler warning. Thought. We're going to start yeah, talking. Yeah, all right. So uh, things will leak out now. So go see it. Come back. Whatever. My first thoughts on it, I, I verbalized almost immediately. I was like, this looks like Alien. Yes. It, it borrowed from a lot of horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and then, and now that I think about it, and now that I have the wiki page in front of me, I'm like, yeah, I made that connection later and that connection later. And it was like, but my initial reaction was... It threw me into that, like, they have this, like, meeting area. You, you're introduced to all the characters. The set direction was very Aliens-inspired. Yeah. 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 At least in one of the ships. In the in their ship. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In like their the, ship. It was like the Nostromo. Yeah. Like, it was just very inter- alien. Straight, straight down to the uh, nudie mag pages. Yeah. Taped up. Yeah. Very, corridor. like, a like, crew, like, trucker crew kind of thing. Yeah. Like, which Deep space. I think might have been smart because they were starting with the familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Like, and okay, it well. really was. I was like, all right, cool. Like, kind of freaky familiarity to like crazy space stuff. I'm, I'm down. Like, I was really stoked. And then it deteriorates like so fast. Like, almost immediately, like, I started getting bad vibes once they actually found the event horizon. Yeah. And like, even the design of that ship is really odd. I, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I thought it was it was an interesting ship design too, which is one of my favorite things in sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just from an inspiration standpoint, 
the the ship they were on reminded me of the ship from Alien. Yeah. The ship that they were going to reminded me of the ship from 2010, uh, the year we made Contact, which is the se- right. which is a sequel to the Space Odyssey. And a lot of people saw that, but yeah, I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's also a Space Odyssey. I mean, the Discovery yeah. was just a long a long ship with mm-hmm. a long neck. Um, but in 2010, they go back to investigate the Discovery. Because yeah. the crew went missing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the premise of 2010, and um, right down to the umbilicus, like reaching across and them insp- investigating the ship. I mean, it was. Uh, if you haven't seen 2010 and you do the, and you like the Space Odyssey, maybe see it. It's. It was, I mean, it wasn't by Kubrick, but um, Kubrick does make a cameo as a. Uh, that's il- fun. No, not a real cameo. It's in an illustration of uh, the leader of the USSR in the t- cover of Time Magazine. Oh, fun! Yeah. That's like, hilarious. Like, uh, this is like the America versus Russia and they had Kubrick as the, the, the leader of the Kremlin. That's, that's still super fun. On the cover fun. of Time Magazine. It's a little... It had John Lithgow in it. Uh, he does a good job. I know the name. Uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Right. Don Quixote. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, couldn't place the Season face. four villain from Dexter. I don't watch I don't watch Dexter. Okay. Uh, well, okay, so what... What do you think about it? At least the first part of the movie. Like, like especially... How many times have you seen this? I've seen it approximately four times. Okay. Uh, I I was the kind of kid that would go to a blockbuster and get any space movie that he could get his hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw it shortly after watching Space or Starship Troopers. Okay. Uh, in middle school. So I, I, it was one of the first like horror movies I saw. I think I saw this after Alien. Okay, that's good. So Alien was scary. Yeah. A- Alien legitimately terrified me. This one freaked me out. Because, um, again... That's a good way to put it. Like, if Alien is terrifying, this is freaky. And the best way I can describe it is the, the scene where they finally decode what happened to the crew. Yes! Where they, oh, they ha- man. They have the video of the blood orgy. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Getting more into spoilers... This is something I made a connection of days after we watched this. Because I always think, so the inside of their ship, whatever it's called, looks like the Nostromo in Alien, right? Very, like, white, grungy, porno mags, all that. The inside of the Event Horizon looks like some sort of weird cyber, like, crypt temple thing. Like, you can tell that all the walls are metal, or, like, whatever material, Yeah. but the circuitry and stuff is, like, carved into them to make it almost look like hieroglyphs, which is a sim... Like, the first thing that came to my mind was Alien versus Predator. Yeah, the temple. Yeah, which is the temple, and it's, like, not, like, not the best reference to drop, but... I mean, it was definitely before Alien versus Predator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, the aesthetic, and then... Then it really clicked. That entire ship is like Hellraiser. Yeah. And the that video, the blood orgy, and then the just the freaky stuff you get into in this movie. And if, is, if we can momentarily it, describe the sequence, it's, oh, holy fuck, we just, like, the two crew members that are in, in charge of decoding the message are on the, on the deck, yeah. and they're, like, working on the thing, and they're both looking away. Barely paying attention And they had the it. shot where one of them looks at the screen and they like drop whatever they're doing and then the other one turns around and they see it and you don't see what they're seeing and they're both like both look they both look like they're gonna puke yeah they're both like oh shit and they look away and they stop it and and then it cuts to both all the crew standing around it 
And then you see like clips of just literally a blood orgy. It's, yeah, it's like, like I mean, ah, I and then people cutting their eyes. It was it's disgusting. Yeah. And then you cut to Lawrence Fishburne saying, "We're getting the fuck out of here." Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> his character was like <laughs> the exact type of person you want to be in these movies, but nothing went his way. He's like, "We're getting the fuck off the ship. Fuck the ship. We're out of here. We're leaving. I don't give a crap." Yeah. As but you know, like that. I mean, that doesn't make the movie, so we gotta keep him on the ship. Interesting thing: that scene inspired Woodland Critter Christmas from South Park. Oh my God! So many things make sense in my life now. Yeah. What? Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were watching this movie together, and they came up with the idea of Woodland Critter Christmas. Doing that instead of people from Event Horizon. <laughs> because they're because like, they're the most sadistically yay, hilarious yay. people ever. Yeah. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. You weren't kidding. Yeah. So before we watched this, he dropped a bomb on me. He was like, there are so many um, like cultural references almost yeah. to this. And I think it was something else you were talking Conquer's about. Reload, Conquer Reloaded? Yeah. It's Conquer's Bad Fur Day for the Xbox. Um, they have like a multiplayer level where you're on a spaceship... My um, God. And you're sp- it's like it, it was like it's like a it's like a shooter it's a third person shooter but you're a bunch of, you play squirrels or kittens mm-hmm. and yeah. you're shooting at each other but it's kind of like capture the flag but the flag is the infinity drive or the drive oh, the, the, okay from from Event Horizon and they're on the ship it's the ship from Event Horizon <laughs> I remember playing it and you be just like have this long tunnel being the only one of my friends that caught the reference I was that's like, funny is this fucking Event Horizon everyone's like. Shiver goes down your spine. You're like, we gotta get off this fucking ship. This is a really twisted reference. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's from the game. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. Uh, I was totally surprised. But that, like, that... Yeah, it's Hellraiser in space, basically. Like, that's the event horizon. But yeah, back to the point of Sam Neill. Okay, yeah. um, This is the first movie I'd ever seen where he was the bad guy. It still is the only movie I think I've seen where he was the bad guy. And at first, he, he comes off as, as the protagonist. The protagonist, for sure. Because he's the scientist that invented the drive, the Infinity he Drive. Ve- he invented the, the ship. He built the ship, designed everything, and then it went missing. So, of course, when it pops back up seven years later, they send him with the crew of people. But they, they, they literally open the movie with him having a nightmare about his wife not having eyes. Yeah. On the event horizon, right? No, I think he sees the, the floating body on the event horizon. But, like... The, right. Throughout the film, they, they, they cut to him having hallucinations or flashbacks of his mm-hmm. wife killing herself. Yeah. Because I guess it's alluded to that he was a, a, a professional who poured his life into his work and didn't uh, give his wife the time or attention that she needed. And, um... Yeah. She committed suicide, which, um... Unraveled his life. It's 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 super tropey, but I, yeah. It, it, now, another thing that I'm like, I'm convinced culturally, this isn't something you reference, but did you play Dead Space? I played the first one. The I first had one. The first two. It's They're almost, in my Steam in- inventory. The second one's amazing. I didn't finish the first one, but it is Event Horizon almost. There's a ship. Now, the guy didn't invent the ship. He didn't invent the thing. Yeah. But but his girlfriend is on the ship. Not that Sam Neill And they're trying to find the ship. Yeah. And he's sent to go as the engineer to fix the ship. And lo and behold, there is this freaky sci-fi quasi 
religious future undead thing. Like an it, it, hell. Yeah, it's hell. And yeah. it's um, like they had to have gotten inspiration from this. Yeah. Absolutely had to. I mean, Event Horizon really kind of... in 2000... No, 1997. Like, it, yeah. it, it definitely set an... Insp- it inspired a lot of space horror mm-hmm. from there. And, and it's, it's one of those movies where you can't really... Um, if you're going to do space horror, you can't ignore it. Because, I mean, it did do a lot of really novel things. It did. The yeah, fact it was that really cool. you had a, a spaceship that was derelict that you had to investigate. It, it's, it's a haunted house in space. Yeah. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. And, uh, but the stakes are higher because yeah. you have like, oh no, my our ship is damaged, so we have to stay on this. Sh-. Like you, you as a human being are stuck in this bubble. And mm-hmm. they, they also explore a lot of really unique uh, horror aspects of space travel. Um, except one. Uh, but the ones that they did explore was um, being stuck in a vacuum without yeah. a suit. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. That was brutal. Um, that, there, yeah, there's a whole scene where... One of the characters does that. Like, he almost... He does it to himself, kind of. Um, but he gets locked in the vacuum, and then the door opens, and you see everything. Like, he, his body is just, what, decompressing? Would yeah, you like, yeah. so all of his soft tissue is, is he's evaporating, and his blood's boiling. He's uh, past the Einstein... Uh, or the Armstrong limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at the Air Force Academy, I took an aerospace physiology course. Of course. And they uh, they showed you what happens to a body in zero. Oh, in, no! In, um, not a human body. Oh. They did it to a bunny rabbit. But oh, I never saw that, but I heard about basically it. Basically, it's a box. Imagine a box, and with the bunny rabbit in the box, and then you expose it to a vacuum, like space, where there's no pressure holding the uh, holding fluids, the pieces. holding yeah. the rabbit together, and it just filled the box. <laughs> Like like a balloon, like just imagine the bunny rabbit that was box shaped, filling the box with its head like uh, it, it was all fun. the bunny was definitely dead. <laughs> I hope so. Um, you open the box, that disgusting thing flops out, and like. Did they do it to a live rabbit? Well, it was pictures. They did not do it to a. To a <laughs> <rabbit>. <laughs> they they. they for the record, it was not a. It was pictures of the rabbit. They didn't physically show a bunch of Air Force cadets, uh, a rabbit getting uh, Dang, brutalized was, for science. What was um, it in the in the newest Star or not the newest one, but the first Star Trek reboot? Bones said, "Like space is nothing but black disease and death." I haven't seen the new one. Well, not the new one. The oh, the first, the first one. one. Oh, yeah. So much can go wrong. Yeah, but yes. And I was like, that's what so it is. they explore decompression. In, in space. That's the first movie that I know of to do that. Um, they also explore waking up mid-hibernation. Yeah. Like, I mean, it didn't actually happen. It was a dream sequence, but they, they kind the of... The idea. They, they dance with the, the concept of Sam Neill's character waking up while everyone else is hibernating and just being like... Stuck, stuck in, the in fluid. his tube. Stuck in his fluid. He's not wearing his mask. He's just like... Like, oh, you're fucking dead, bro. Can you imagine? God, Can you no. imagine? Or just knowing that it's going to be like a month-long trip and waking up alone. I think... Um, Prometheus, not Prometheus, the the one with the other space horror movie that's that you that you'd seen um, where he wakes up and he's the only one awake on the ship. Um, nope, you lost me. Yeah, do we know who's in it? Um, I mean, Pandorum. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. It's like okay. Pandora. That's it's been a while. Yeah. Also, well, again, can, Pandora came out several years. You after can that. definitely tell the influence visually in that. Also. Yeah. Although that also seems more like more like. Well, that movie seems like it was designed almost exclusively by Geiger, the guy who designed the alien for Alien. Yeah. And I felt like the, the set direction in this one tried to be Geiger without being Geiger. Yeah, and so I think they like, did a good job. Yeah. They, they were like in they took like they kept the every, motif of his art and instead of making it organic, they made it technical. Yeah. But they made they made they made it technical in a very sinister looking yes. way. Where it's very, like a lot of sharp of, edges. Yeah. Pointy things jutting out. It didn't seem hospitable or yeah, very um, optimal for Satan, Satan, not satanic, sadist. Well, uh, I don't think we've explicitly said what happened to the ship. Basically, the ship had a black hole drive that helped it travel. Yes, and it used uh, wormholes to travel to different mm-hmm. places. Travel faster than light. That was the premise, but I guess it it traveled across dimensions to hell. And it came back, and the yeah. ship is now alive, and it exposed the original crew to the to hell, and they lost their minds, and then murdered each other and themselves, and I guess the last person alive cut themselves up, and that's yeah. why they were dead. Um, and the, yeah, and, and the, but the ship is alive, and you can't leave because then Sam Neil got blown out, and a lot of people didn't like the second half of the movie because the ending was really kind of ambiguous, but not in like a Kubrickian way where there was sense to it, but it was just like yeah, oh, it so felt rushed. okay, yeah, to talk about that. The whole, like, you said it was a haunted house in space. And that's a great way to put it, but at the same time, it's a it's like a haunted house in space that's empty. Because there literally wasn't anything in the ship that it's, was inherently scary. Yeah, there was no aliens in this movie. There was no, like, all there, the jump, it was all hallucinations. It was all hallucinations or hell. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then, and then it comes to the thing, like, like you're saying, like the second half, there's some stuff that goes down, like the the final confrontation. What the hell was that? Was that actually a person? Was that a hallucination? Well, one, one thing I felt like they did really try to hammer home was that um, he felt the heat. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, that is real. Yeah, like it's real in their head. Um, I, I think that if the movie had been done... Perhaps a little more sophisticated, like if they. Yeah, I feel like they were afraid to cross that edge. Yeah, because they definitely like. I feel like a lot of movies, uh, like a good horror movie, in my opinion, biased as hell. It walks the line. Mm -hmm. It's like, is this supernatural or is this something that could be tangibly within the realm of something that someone could do? I think Mm -hmm. the Babadook did that really well. I think that's something that the, The Shining established. I think this movie could potentially have been interpreted as just people losing their minds in space but they went with the supernatural which i think made it a little less scary in that sense where it's just okay the supernatural like they they went to hell and hell's bad and um yeah yeah it i don't know because like i think you're right i think a lot of good horror does like yeah, it it, it it plays with it. It's like, yeah. are they losing their minds, or is this something that like is is it a is it a, is it a psycho thing, or like are? Because I mean, personally, the idea of losing your mind is the most terrifying thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, cause and it, how, like do you, how do you stop yourself? Yeah, you, do, you can't defend against that. Yeah, and then you think about it, and it's like the reason 
behind them losing their mind is inherently supernatural as a story. But then you think about it and it's like, there's no absolute confirmation that what they've seen or been through is actually hell. It could just be like, there could be a scientific thing, but there's no way because it's a brand yeah. new thing. And, but they never actually show hell. Yeah. They don't they show, show where they, they we, went. We, we get a secondhand, um, portrayal of hell like the, the what they what they how they reacted after being exposed basically to hell. what they did to the ship afterwards yeah and it's like in one of the main areas or on the deck of the ship you can even see it in the background of a lot of the scenes the walls are like coated in this like what was left of the crew you know yeah like like there's just there, there's one scene where they walk into the 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 Bridge, I guess, mm-hmm. to use the Star Trek uh, terminology. Yeah. They're, they're, they're on the bridge, and uh, they're investigating, and you see the lights flicker behind, or the lights flicker behind the, the character. <laughs> the wall's just coated with, like, human, human inter- in- innards. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's but like, it's all oh. just stuck to it. And, and it's I'm like, like I, I see no signs of the crew. And then there's just blood yeah. all behind her and, like, the flicker of light. Like, all right, yeah, <laughs> you, you don't know where they are, but... Uh, Okay. The movie wasn't funny, but it had parts that made us there laugh. Were, yeah, so, okay. Was, There's a really big comedic moment that came after a really big tragic moment. It was when they get stranded on the event horizon. Their ship is totaled. It's gone. Yeah. The bomb goes off. Right? And their, what was he, like security, right? To use more Star Trek terms. He, he was like, he was there to make sure they were safe. Yeah. He was on the ship. Alfred uh, from... No, no, the black guy. Oh, the Wayne's brother. Yes. Yes. He was on the ship. The but comic he, relief. Yeah. This is one movie, this is one thing that I liked about this movie is the, um, the black guy who serves as the comic relief survives. Um, yeah, yeah. Big spoiler. The black guy survives. And I still... The comedic comic relief didn't even survive a Michael Bay movie. I know. That's a big deal. I need to do a lot of research to try and back this up, but I think statistically now, after all these years, more black guys survive horror movies than the trope will let you think. But I'll, I'll have to get back to it. But this is 97. This was 97, you're right. Beth, I didn't even survive Alien. I... Like I said, I need to do my research. I have no proof to actually attest to that. You're 100 yeah. percent right. Like, he survived, and it was awesome. Yeah. At the same time, though, that moment. Oh, when when the ship blows up, you're like, oh no, they can't they can't leave now. Yeah, and, and but at the same time, they cut to a piece of debris from the ship with him on it because he was outside the ship when it exploded. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit, oh shit. What am I going to do? The black guy stuck on a rock floating through space. I'm like, well, that was like, okay. So this is my thought process through that, which I think is the most out of character moment in the whole film. Not for the character, but for the film as a whole. And what I was thinking is, okay, so the ship, like he's on it. The ship is about to go off. He has no idea. Bomb's about to go off. Ship's gone. So when it happens, I'm like, oh, great. He was... The comedy, he was really cool. He had his head on straight the whole time because he never actually was on the event horizon for an extended amount of time. Yeah. So I was like, he could like bring all this together and like save this, the whole situation. And then that blows up. I'm like, well, he's gone. That's terrible. And then it cuts to him floating on a thing of like a rock, basically, just debris. And I'm like, 
great. They turned him into a big punchline that didn't, like... <laughs> it was such a token black guy comedy thing that had not been hinted at throughout the whole movie, really. You know? Yeah, that, that was... I, it did feel a little off-brand. Yeah, and I mean, just for this movie, and it, that, no, it's not to like criticize because there's using not, that. There isn't a lot of comic relief in this movie at all. It yeah. starts off, it starts off heavy. It's like, yeah, please don't kill yourself. Or like, like him dreaming about his wife dead. Like it's brutal. Oh, and it's like it's it heavy, 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 heavy. And then like, comic like, <sighs> and then this huge comedy moment of like a black guy floating on a rock, cursing at the camera. I did get a distinct Will Smith in yes. Uh, Will Smith vibe. Yeah. Uh, in, like, um, uh, Suicide Squad. Okay. Where every line is like to alleviate whatever tension is in the scene. Yeah. It's like, shit, I'm talking. I'm going to say something that's going to make everyone feel it was, better. Yeah. Right it was like, very Will Smith. It yeah. was like, yeah. But again, he's a Wayne's brother, so it's not like Will Smith trademarked that. Like, yeah. No, exactly. It's just my, the biggest, best comparison I could make also. And, but, so then my thought was, well, okay, he's gone. Spoiler alert. He figures out a way out of it, which is kind of clever. Like, he makes it. That's great. He's not a Wayne's Brothers. Richard T. Jones. Oh! I read somewhere that... How do you, that how do you feel now? I feel like how does that make you feel? Edit this out. How does that make y'all feel? Hope it makes you feel great. Because that's kind of funny. But, oh, no. Oh, the pain. The anguish. But... So then, so they sacrifice the one saving grace in the movie, the one guy who is sane enough to save everything. They turn him into a joke, and I'm like, all right, well, he's dead, so that's going to add a whole lot of drama. And then he survives. And I'm like, well, okay, you are got to go one way or the other. Like, what's going to happen now? And I'm like, I didn't do my goddamn research. <laughs> and of course, Fuck. it's okay. It's okay, big guy. Of course, right as he's about to like make his way back to the ship, they cut to what's going on in the ship. So it's more intense stuff. We're getting to the climax. And my thought's like, okay, so he's going to interrupt whatever is about to happen now. And he does. And that's kind of funny also. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I almost wish he had died. Because, like, he didn't really do anything besides hit the window. He fixed the ship. Wait, the, he fixed the, the, the original horizon? ship. Well, no, I mean after that. After the point that ship blew up, he didn't really do much at all. He distracted Sam Neill to save the That's day. That's it. That's it. They just needed something to hit the window. He could have been a dead body. But I feel like also most of the characters had like shit in their history. Mm-hmm. That kind of like led to their downfall, and it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. That's like right. the two yeah. characters that survived didn't really have a lot of baggage. Exactly. And yeah. So like that's a that's a solid one potential reason. interpretation of that is that like live in the moment, don't fixate on the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that may or may not be the actual theme of the movie. But that's, yeah. That's okay. A, so one vibe that I got. From that's a really good transition to another point I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Is so besides that guy surviving, which I'm totally happy he did. I'm just saying like it may have had more weight to it if he was like gone, but it's cool. It's whatever. Bringing up the point of the two surviving being the ones with the least amount of baggage. Or even, okay, so technically the three surviving. Because what's his name survived all that? They said so at the end. They, they do not make that clear. 
They don't, but when but like, the rescue team is, they do three make people. a statement. This guy's all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you're right. Like, it's it's almost an allegory for the idea of heaven, hell, and purgatory. Mostly purgatory and hell. Yeah. It's like, I mean, not so much purgatory. Definitely hell. But you look at it and it's like, this was their judgment, almost. If you start looking at it like that. Because it's like you said. It wasn't like beat you over the head with it. But there, each of them had distinct histories and pasts that she seemed very shady and very um, nefarious at except times. For, except for Lawrence Fishburne's character who got like a pretty thorough explanation of what his demons yes, are. Yes. There were, there where was his a, thing was like, I lost a member of my crew. And then... Yeah. And then he loses almost his entire crew. Yeah. And then... Okay, and then so one of the characters is a mother and the ship tricks her with like a hallucination of her son. Yeah. And it... it so they... They don't even touch the Aussie guy. Uh, Aussie guy. Fucking... The, the one who looks like Muldoon or Malfoy's dad. Oh, right. Yeah. It, but you not. but you know they they barely touch into it but like the way he reacts to what's going on and the people losing their mind you know he was into some shit before yeah and then like they show him open up on the table and He's, here he has like a cut down yeah his like it just looks like he was dissected at some point like they all had something <laughs> and you're right like it leads to their downfall and I wonder he is Malfoy's dad yeah Jason Isaac you didn't okay. know that I did I just you know I was just, I'm just I'm not good with faces or names. All right. I thought you were making that reference because you knew that's who it was. Well, I, it felt like it was him. Yeah. I just, no, it definitely was. Trust but verify. I just Googled it. Yeah. I was right. But, you know, don't take his opinion on the black guy in the room. Anyway. um, So, yeah. And then... I'm sorry. That was rude. But... <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. So the, Yeah, edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, edit my comment or no, are you mine, doing that? all of it? Just <laughs> I think I'm just not going to edit this one now. But um the three that survive are the two happiest it seems. And then also I don't mean to segue, but Tiffany just told me or posted that um there's a scene that didn't make it in the movie. It's a deleted scene where Miller is not actually fighting where He's fighting the entity that came back to the ship. Oh, that'd be great! Miller asks if it's the devil, and the entity tells him he's not the devil, but the darkness behind the stars. And it had been around since before the Big Bang, so it's not actually hell. Well, there you go. So it's But it wasn't in the movie, like so hell. is it canon? It's a deleted scene. I don't know. I mean, I, That's I, always something I get I have an interesting on. relationship with the deleted scenes. I feel like most of the time they're deleted because they just slow the story time. down. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they were they were ideated enough that they were given enough production time to actually be shot. Yeah, and I think like something like that gives the audience more to talk about. Like otherwise, it would be like, oh well, we know what this thing was, and then that's the podcast. Yeah, kind of thing. But yeah, so I get that. But that's a really that's a really good thing. That's awesome. It makes sense too. Like I think it gives that a, adds a whole like it gives Lovecraft it a stronger thing. sci-fi element too because mm. it's like well this is. Have you ever read um, uh, Childhood's End? No. It's an Arthur Arthur C. Clarke novel where these alien ships land over. Or they they don't land, but they they pretty much 
they enter Earth's atmosphere and they just stay over all the major cities mm-hmm. on the world. And they, they, they don't reveal what their purpose is. They just but they there. just say, like, we're gonna st- we're, we won't reveal why we're here until every person alive right now is dead. Ominous. So an entire generation um, passes before every single person that's alive on that planet has grown up with those ships mm-hmm. in orbit. Yeah, that's all they've ever known. That's all they've known. And then the ships come down, and it turns out all the aliens look like Satan. Shit. They have horns and hooves, and they, they look like Satan. And um, the biblical representation of Satan was based on those aliens. And mm. they had been monitoring Earth, so they had video like documentation of every single historical event in all of human history. Yeah. But it was kind of like an inversion of like the devil that you know, where it was... It's like now it's normal. Yeah. And then like, what I think fascinating about it is what I think that... What's fascinating about that scene that Tiffany mentioned about in Event Horizon is that if that's the case, then that would that would allude to the fact that maybe the concept of hell was inspired by someone's exposure to that to that yeah that kind of evil actually mm-hmm. exists in the universe. Maybe it's not the conventional Christian terminology of what hell is, mm-hmm. but it it is what hell is. It's yeah. like oh, I don't I don't need your human words for what, what, yeah. what evil no, is. No, it's more than that. It's yeah. everything besides that and in between. Which is in a way even more sinister, yeah. but I can see how that might have been a little too on the nose for this movie. Yeah, because... Like, like we said, it never really wanted to cross... Not the line of, like, supernatural versus natural, but in my eyes, it never wanted to push the limits to how... My buddy Ivan Existential says, it got. My buddy Ivan says, deleted scenes are canon in his book. Thanks, Ivan. I'm <laughs> glad you could clear that up for me. Yeah. Because that always bothers me. I'm like, is this in it? Is this not in it? So there you go. That's what it is. Let's wrap this up. No. <laughs> but, yeah. So it's like, I don't know what else to say about it, really. Like, those were... It was in, it was an experience. It, it was an intense movie. It was a fun movie. I I, I still enjoy it. Um, as someone that didn't like horror a lot younger, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I thought I found it fascinating because it did portray a lot of really um, sci-fi specific or genre specific mm-hmm. concepts in a horror or sinister light. Um, oh, okay, so I've got an idea. What? Ta- okay, so let's say for the. All right. They went to hell. Right? Okay. They went through hell, came back. Right? Like, that was the dimension you went through to travel through this black hole. Now, spiritually, when you die, you go heaven or hell. Good place to bad place. Mm -hmm. Now, these characters, a lot of them seemed like they had some history and some past that may not be that great. But either way, like, they die. You know, maybe they do some not so great things. Now, Lawrence Fishburne's character, his background basically makes him directly responsible for a past crew member's death. Yeah. Brutally, slowly dying. But that's like the only way he could save himself is to leave him there and let him die. Right? Would that, like, in your eyes, which place do you think he would go? Heaven or hell? 
And do you think that's why, do you think this entire thing was his redemption? Well, because deleted, he got the crew off of it. According to the deleted scenes, it wasn't hell. Well, yeah, but this was wasn't just, hell, but was, after it he... Was, it was a dimension where... And that's what I'm existed. saying, but let's say hell and heaven do exist, also so does this dimension. This entity, regardless, he, th- that character, Lawrence Fishburne's character died. I don't know. He seemed like he was making good decisions. Yeah. So So he didn't directly kill the guy, but he saved a bunch of lives because he closed the lifeboat because there was mm -hmm. fire on the ship. I mean, you don't fuck around with that. That's that's hard science dictating a decision. You either sacrifice everybody on board or you save everybody's life except for one. But so so yeah, I'm on your side. Like I get that. But my thought process behind the whole thing is like that's a really brutal thing. He's judging himself really brutally for it. He never told anyone about it. Then at the like basically the whole movie is him going through that again, even worse. Like even when the entity first appears and doesn't look like the scientist Weir, right? He looks like the burning crew member. Yeah. And it's like, like so by that interpretation, he becomes the entity is only one character at any given moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it it's like. I don't know. Like my first thoughts were like, this is him redeeming himself. Yeah. Because we be don't because he yeah. confronts the the monster. yeah he confronts all of it. He, he confronts saves the demon. crew that's there. Yeah. He's like, um, yeah. I, I think you go to yeah. heaven. Like but. I mean, he he basically saves what we could only assume are the purest characters in the movie. Like, yeah. Also, Ivan asked. Who would you recommend this movie to? Not my mom. Not your mom. But your mom loved The Shining. Yeah, but my mom doesn't like space. Uh, my mom liked The Shining because it's Stephen King. My mom also doesn't like blood orgies. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was weird. Um, I would recommend this movie to anybody that likes uh, horror movies. I'd recommend this movie to people that liked Alien. Um, fans I, of Hellraiser, Fans definitely. of Hellraiser. Um, Very... Someone that's interested in seeing kind of an interesting uh, exploration of the darker elements of space travel. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie definitely does a really good job of that. As a sci-fi enthusiast, I liked what it added to the genre. And often I'll, I'll judge a movie by what it adds to the genre. How it, how it, uh, how it modifies the, the, the genre itself. I mean... 2001 A Space Odyssey is touted as one of the movies that like completely changed the space genre because up until that point everything was like ray guns and lasers mm-hmm. and no one took it seriously. It was Real a campy, very. It was a hard science fiction that changed everything. This movie was a horror science fiction that um, it, it did a lot of things that had never been done before. Um, yeah, it, it borrowed from a lot of things that were established. It maybe had a weaker ending, but all in all, I thought it was an interesting addition and it was something that stood out to me as, as, as a unique work of cinema that I enjoyed. And um, looking like looking back, I mean, I mean, I know there's plenty of examples, but a lot of movies I saw growing up in the nineties, this was one of the headier movie. You know, there was a lot more headspace in this movie than I think the nineties really gave a lot of other movies, you yeah. know, like there's more to think about, especially for like an action sci-fi horror movie type thing is like a lot of movies in that time period they wouldn't be like think about this because it's kind of yeah 
crazy. Th- right? This movie definitely had more going on than what it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, was it as deep as The Shining? No. No. Um, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Which brings us back to Sam Neill and Ricky Baker. And we're going to talk about Hunt uh, for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a completely different genre. Yeah. What? But it's Sam Neill as a, as a wild man. A wild man with wild a... Wild farmer and gets stuck with a... Um, a little native boy. Native. <laughs> this is a terrible description. A chubby New Zealand boy. <laughs> Rick. Uh, a young man named Ricky Baker. Ricky, Ricky Baker, Baker you are only six years old. <laughs> no, Twelve years old. Fifteen? Uh, I don't know. Thirteen. Thirteen. He's a teenager. Pretty sure he's fifteen. I don't know. <laughs> a wild man gets. A wild man gets stuck with a little man. <laughs> Ricky Baker, you are only thirteen years old. I'm sorry. You were bad, but now you're good as gold. So, Ricky Baker. So there's, it's, if you've all seen Hunt for the Wilder People, it is an excellent movie. It is. If you're going to watch Event Horizon, watch Hunt for the Wilder People after it. Yeah, because it's gonna make you like Sam Neill again. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be happy. You're gonna be ready for bed. You're gonna giggle. You're gonna have fun. To better describe the story, Sam Neill is a wild man. That part's accurate. Lives on a farm in New Zealand and ends up stuck with a troubled, a troubled orphan. A troubled yeah, a troubled youth. Um, he's not necessarily an orphan. He's just put what? up for adoption. Well, okay, that's he's, he's a that's kid accurate. in the system. His mother is not dead. It's Stuck in the system. He was put up for adoption. Yeah, and Sam Neill is a crotchety old fart living out in the wilderness with he his can't dog. Read. He can't read. He can't read. He can't read. Yeah, that's yeah. also yeah. Like it's just and it's it's this really beautiful story of them coming to terms with each other's existence and befriending one another in this extraordinary circumstance. And I don't want to spoil any of it. You should watch you, it. Everyone needs to watch it. I I think it is a movie that's not only entertaining but I actively may have fallen in love with it. it Active. It, oh yes, I immediately said in the movie. I think this is my new favorite movie ever. It's a, it's a really cute movie in kind of a, a shitty way. Yeah, it, <laughs> it hits you really hard emotionally. It pulls at your heartstrings. It makes you, it makes you really fucking sad. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you giggle while you're like in tears. It is so funny in some of the cutest ways also. Yeah. Like it is a silly ass movie. To quote one of the lines from the trailer. I don't think I'm spoiling too much, but... Yeah. Um, they're on the run. That's, this is the premise. Yeah. They, um, Ricky Baker, this little boy, and Sam Neill, this wild person, this wild man. What's his name? Heck. His name's Hector. Hector, yeah. Ricky Baker and Sam Neill are on the run because uh, Sam Neill breaks his ankle and they decide to camp out in the woods for a few days. And then they, he's, he's his um, sponsor. Well, not sponsor. Guardian. Guardian. He, 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 he's... A foster parent. He's, yeah. he's his foster parent. And then basically because they're in the woods and he breaks his ankle and they go off the grid for three weeks, three weeks while his ankle, five weeks. Yeah, six, six whole weeks. Six weeks while his ankle <laughs> heals because they're in the woods. They think that he's adopted, uh, abducted this child. Yeah, he thinks you're so ran the, away with the him. police are hunting for, for Ricky Baker and uh, there's a confrontation with Ricky Baker and the Child Protective Services 
woman who's on the case. Okay. And she's right. um, yeah, no spoilers yet. She's threatening that you can't run away, Ricky Baker. I'll never stop running. Yeah, and I'll never stop chasing you. I'm relentless. I'm like the Terminator. I'm more like Terminator than you. I said it first, you're more like Sarah Connor. In in the first movie too, before she could do chin-ups. Is a quippy and a cute it's movie adorable. with it, it's a it's a it's a good time. You should watch it. And it's, it's nice seeing Sam Neill doing it. Oh man, it's so nice. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the brand of New Zealand humor. Yeah, where it's I like, mean, like if you're a fan of Flight of the Concords and that style of humor, they even have a care an actor. There, I know. I love yeah, let's not spoil it. Yeah. So, but, oh man, it it's so great. Also, the uh, and for the record, we're not sponsored by this movie. Definitely not. It was, uh, just as as definitely as not. a as a film watcher, it was. It I was wish pretty we were good sponsored time. by that movie. Though. I'm not a very good film curmudgeon because I've been enjoying all the movies <laughs> that I've been reviewing. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you into a fan yet, oh. but. Also, the director, uh, what, Taika Watiti? Am I saying that right? I mean, I'm looking at it right here. He said TD. TD? TT. Whatever. I've got a southern accent. That's fine. That one? That word. Those words. Taika Watiti? Yeah, there we go. All right, so I said it fine. You see the one that's directing the new... He's directing the new Thor movie. He also directed the short film that showed where Thor was during Civil War. Yes. So, like... I don't know. This seems like it's supposed to be the darkest Thor movie out of those three movies in the cinematic Marvel universe. Yeah. And this guy's really silly. Yeah, he's. I mean, I don't know. I think it's gonna it's gonna be real interesting. That's for sure. And yeah, I I would just like this guy's going places because this movie was really good. Yeah, uh-huh. really good. Even uh, like the filming. That was probably one of my favorite movies of 2016. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And not not and not in like a like a like a lofty like oh guys you would if you appreciate good cinema like I it's an accessible movie with that's funny and um, heartwarming and and sincere. Not explicit. Yeah, watch it with all your family. Watch it with Entire your entire family. family. It, it, nothing it's not it's a little crude. But I like mean, just I verbally, a little, a little smack yeah. talking. But like you know, if you got a bad mouthing uncle or grandfather, like everyone's used to it. Then yeah, there's nothing that's like really kind of unsettling or just. It's it's a funny movie that's it, that's just yeah. cute and, and it's a good time. It's um, fun and silly, and I love it. And I want to watch it again. But yeah, as we were saying, Sam Neill is been. That, that, I guess that's kind of the thread pulling all these movies. Yeah, out. I mean, we just kind of turned this into a Sam Neill episode <laughs> when really all we did was watch two Sam Neill movies yeah. that are so far apart. And I think because of us watching these movies, we were looking it up. We actually discovered that he was in Bicentennial Man again. Like, yeah. I totally forgot about that. He was the dad from Bicentennial it's Man. like, ah, oh, man, that guy. And the, the Welch's Grape Juice Girl? What? Pretty sure it's, uh... He... This just in, Sam Neill is the Welch's great No, juice he's girl. not the... <laughs> <laughs> no? That's not what you meant? Bicentennial Man. I don't understand. Hallie Eisenberg. What? Hall- Hallie K. Eisenberg. Hallie? I'm pretty sure she's the, the Welch's grape juice girl. No, Pepsi. She's in the Pepsi, Pepsi commercial. commercials. Yeah. Gosh, man, you're just mistaking everybody for nobody. <sighs> I don't know what I meant by that. But yeah, that has been, I guess that, I mean, that that's kind of it. If you want to, like, what's your favorite Sam Neill movie? 
And also, if you want to recommend any movies for us to watch this next week, we were thinking about doing Twin Peaks. We were thinking about starting, or doing a whole episode where there wouldn't be a video. Well, we're comparing, because I've seen Twin Peaks, Jared's seen Stranger Things. I've seen literally everything (laughs) that is inspired by Twin Peaks besides Twin Peaks. And I know I'm going to love it, and I know I've needed to watch it for years, and I'm super excited to just spend October watching it, or however long it takes to watch it. Because, like, I'm really stoked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to post what you think we should watch in the comments, uh, we'll definitely take into consideration. Um, yeah. We're going to try to do these every other week. Yeah, um, every if, other week. Other whenever we, we can. Sustainable. We posted the last one two weeks ago on a Friday. Um I think two two videos a month is a sustainable burn because uh, we both have day jobs. Um, yeah. We both love movies, but we're not like uh, addicted. We're not like crackheads. For movies. I don't know. I'm, I'm. You you could call me a crackhead for movies. <laughs> Ethan says I should watch this stream and review it. You know what? You should. And then you should videotape yourself. I want a reaction video from Ethan. Watching this video and reviewing it. That's what I want. Any, anybody who wa- like listens to this later will have no idea. But I'll ma- if it happens, I'll make sure to include a link to whatever that is. But yeah, let us let us know, A, what your favorite Sam Neill movie is, because there's plenty of them. This yeah. guy's a genius. We may be watching Daybreakers, too. That would be great. But uh, if you have any recommendations it. for the next movie, again, uh, Halloween's coming up, so we may stick to the horror Stick to the horror, horror genre. May- I, maybe go a little bit. I have not seen a lot of horror movies. So if, if you've got one in mind that you think that would... Uh... I'm thinking about forcing him through all of like the classic slasher movies. Like do do the first one of like the classics. I don't want to... Because there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Maybe turn that into a whole episode. Because doing yeah. one... I, I mean, that's just my idea. I feel like one movie is kind of... I mean, there's a lot to talk about in a movie. There is. Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know. What, what do you think we should watch? Yeah, uh, tweet us at the Bat Cove. Yep, that's me. And uh, Spiffmaster underscore P. <laughs> Not the most intuitive Twitter handle. I mean, we'll spell it out for you. Yeah, but um, yeah. thanks for watching. My name's Caesar, the film curmudgeon. I'm Jared. I'm a super fan. It's Jared, the super fan. But yeah, hope you guys have a great day. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I think it's nighttime. Nighttime. That's yeah. We're gonna watch Luke Cage. Luke Cage. We're leaving.